Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Polk County Today. Polk County Today is a weekly public affairs program that takes a longer look at subjects of interest in our area. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's Polk County Today. All right, our next guest on the show has been with the Peace River Center for 10 years. Started as a graduate intern while earning her master's degree in professional counseling at Southeastern University. In her role as a Director of Children's Services, she manages daily operations for the Children's Services Department, consisting of therapeutic behavioral on-site therapy, targeted case management, home-to-stay reunification program, and community action treatment team. In addition to providing trauma-informed care training for every Peace River Center new hire, she's very active uh, community advocate for mental health awareness. Tiffany, a certified mental health first aid trainer and partners with local law enforcement through the crisis intervention training program. Please welcome with me to the program, Tiffany Fritchie, director of children's services at Peace River Center. Good morning, Tiffany. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here. Happy uh, that you're here. You've got a lot of letters after your name too uh, on this. <laughs> uh, so LMHC, I'm thinking is a licensed mental health counselor. That's right. Uh, but uh, there's too many letters in the next one that I, I wouldn't have any idea what it is. CBHCMS. So that is basically a certified um, cognitive behavioral um, case manager supervisor. So we focus on mental health case management for kids. Okay. All right. So uh, as director of children's services, is there a time when parents should worry or seek out assistance from you guys uh, uh, for their children? Um, or what, what do people, what should people look for, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, that's a great question. So that, that gets asked a lot, right? So everybody wonders, like, well, when's the right time? Or, or when is it when is it too bad? Or, or we need to get some support. And, and my question would be, um, tell me what's going on with your kid. What's the baseline for your kid? Because everybody's different. We all have our own baseline. You know, mental health, it's really a spectrum. We have good days and we have, you know, days that are not so good. And so I think that there's always, you know, that opportunity to have conversations with your kids, to be engaging with them. And then when you notice that things are outside of the baseline of normal for them, maybe they're um, difficulties with appetite or sleep or with relationships, things just seem off. It's never a bad time to reach out for support. Now, is there a time when, uh, you know, just you would tell a parent, well, just just wait for a couple of days and see what's happening? Sure. Yeah. So what we typically look for um, in a clinical setting is, is something creating difficulty with your ability to function? So mm. sometimes for kids, we see difficulties maintaining or forming relationships, difficulties in grades and attendance in school, difficulties, you know, with their physical health, because we know that mental health um, difficulties can manifest in physical ailments. This happens time and time again with trauma. And so I would say um, when you see disruptions and after a few days, you know, it's still not getting any better. You can always call the Peace River Center um, 24-7 emotional support line and just talk it through. It's never a bad idea to reach out to your primary care provider, but also calling Peace River Center and scheduling an appointment for an intake. It's never a bad way to start just to get an idea for additional support. Just to, to have a conversation, basically, right. is what you're saying. Absolutely. Uh, let's go. In, let's come in and let's talk about it. And that uh, uh, 24-hour crisis line is eight six three five one nine three seven four four. Just in case uh, that you might, might like to call and talk with somebody at Peace River Center, and that's uh, manned 24 hours a day, right? Absolutely. And we also have chat features. We have text features. So lots of ways okay. to provide support. So they can get in contact with you. They just don't have, not phone only. Absolutely. Hmm? I know some people are more, uh, uh, I guess, comfortable texting. Oh, yes. I, I want to talk to somebody. 
Let me talk to somebody, please. Well, and the great thing I will tell you um, about right now, which we've never had this option before, is we offer telehealth sessions. And so for oh, so okay. long, the only option was, you know, coming into an office, um, you know, in the middle of your workday or, you know, right after school or whenever you had the availability. And now um, for children's services and for adult services as well, you know, you can call and schedule a Zoom session. And, you know, we provide... Um, telehealth sessions we provide crisis mobile assessments where if you are in the middle of a crisis our team can come out to you um, many times we'll have um, parents call or even school officials call because just having that extra layer of support knowing that it's there knowing that you don't have to know all the answers to all the problems um, you know regarding mental health we're here to support and so I think it's nice even if you don't reach out to know that it's there whenever you do need it now I know with the uh, mental health it's different for each individual uh, but in your decade of being with Peace River Center, have you noticed any sort of pattern with children? Is there a certain time when problems hit more than others, or could it be just all over the place? Sure. I will tell you that I think that it's happening earlier um, than whenever I first started. And there's a lot of probably factors related to that. Um, sometimes social media, you know, has a big impact. I know whenever I was in... Social media is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in elementary school and middle and high school, I mean, th there was a limitation to how much influence your peers had over, you know, your inner self-talk. And now really those limitations are gone with social media you know they're around you all the time and so i can tell you that the onset i've seen is a lot earlier um, because the access is a lot more than it was before and so um, it, it's been really interesting for me you know starting from an intern now as a director just to see um, that the need is still there and even mm. with all the services and what that tells me is mental health is so important. And it's one of those things where you don't wait for it to get bad, right? You're intentional about creating safeguards and protective factors. And before things become challenging, create conversations with your kids to where you already have those coping skills and supports built in for when you need them. So, it, I mean, it, it's I'm trying to figure out, is it external factors that are causing these problems or is it, as I've come to believe, uh, there are some problems in the brain, synapses not firing correctly or something like that, and it's going to happen at some point, but maybe there are external factors that push it to starting earlier. Is that what you're saying? Sure. Well, that's the question, right? Yeah. <laughs> so whenever we think about mental health, the, the big dilemma is always nature versus nurture, right? Mm. So um, there is absolutely, um, you know, genetic predispositions, right, and biological forces in place. We know that... Um, in utero, you know, if children are exposed to substances or to trauma, that will affect the development of the brain. We know this to be true. Um, but also you have to look at, you know, the environment. If you're around someone who's constantly lifting you up, constantly, you know, speaking life over you, constantly, you know, coming alongside you and helping you to problem solve, well, you're going to have, you know, resilience built in and those protective factors. But if you're in a situation where um, you may have heard of adverse childhood experiences, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're in a situation where, you might be struggling with, you know, financial um, income or lack of financial income. Maybe you're in a situation to where your housing is not stable. Um, maybe you're having a situation where there is a parent or a caregiver who is struggling with their own mental health or substance use or, or possibly incarceration. All of those things kind of build up to create an opportunity for trauma to kind of slip in and to create some, some risk factors there. Now, just because you've gone through something hard does not necessarily mean that it will be traumatic in nature because, right, you know, trauma is, you know, it's dependent upon, you know, the person who's experiencing it. We all have our own baseline. We all have our own protective factors. But there's a lot of things that kind of play into 
well, why does this happen? Why does someone react the way that they react? And I think a lot of times what we find is that it's a combination of biology, but also a combination of the environment. And I will say just because someone has a a genetic predisposition doesn't necessarily mean, oh, this will definitely happen, Mm. but it does create, you know, the, the more likely chance that, well, this could occur. So then what do you do? You know, you're proactive. You make sure that you're taking care of your mental health just as you would take care of your physical health. Now, how do you convince uh, the uh, children to do that, though? Uh, you have to get the parents on board. Right. So we definitely um, work hand in hand with all of our yeah. caregivers. And I say caregivers because in Polk County, we have a lot of grandparents right. raising grandchildren. We have a lot of... Um, I just meant parents in a generic, sure. you know, whoever's raising the child. Yeah, th- their person. Absolutely. Right. Um it definitely takes buy-in. And I think a lot of times what helps us is that the parents, the caregivers, they're coming to us, right? So they've been referred to our program or they're asking for help. Maybe, you know, they've had a teacher or someone will come alongside them and say, hey, I think this might be helpful for you. And so they already know, okay, my child is, it might be struggling here. And so that there is that initial buy-in, but then it's just sitting down with that person, you know, at their dining room table or in the office and saying, Let's talk about how we can help. Let's talk about what are the obstacles and stressors that are kind of creating difficulty for your child to, to get better and how can we, you know, come at that and come up with a plan. And so it takes a lot of buy-in and it takes a lot of work. It's not just, you know, dropping your kid off and, and you know, please fix my kid. It's not about fixing anybody. Mm. It's about, you know, partnering with a family to help your child heal. I mean, I know that I probably was messed up from my childhood, uh, but, you know, I had a stepdad who would uh, get up, boy, I'm going to kick you in the behind, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that kind of uh, uh, raising. But that's, I, I don't know if that's gone by the wayside, if there's still people who parent that way or, you know, I I chose my parenting style based on uh, anything that my parents didn't do. So mm. uh, I tried yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt like it. Yeah, let me try this instead of that. And, you know, it, just, it kind of worked out. But I don't know what, what I'm trying to ask. I guess is uh, when you run across maybe a parent who brings a child to you, or or a caregiver who brings a child to you, and and uh, they're not really buying in. Uh, what can you do at that point? Sure. So one of my graduate professors, um, he recently passed away. His name was Dr. Michael Grogan at Southeastern University. An amazing pastor, but also marriage and family therapist. He used to say, until the pain of staying the same is greater than the fear of changing, people don't change. Mm. And so um, that just cut me to the core when mm. I heard that because yeah. it's so true, right? You know. Well, I've heard, uh, I mean, I've heard people say in the past, People are naturally resistant to change. I would agree. And a lot of times, you know, when you think about it, you know, we gravitate to what's normal to us, right? To what's comfortable to us. Mm. But normal doesn't equate to healthy. It doesn't. And as you were saying with your childhood, I mean, I think that the listeners and I, I think even, you know, myself and Nick, when we think back, why are we the way we are? Why do we make the choices that we make? It's either to support something that was done well mm. or it's either to counteract something that was not done so well. And so what I would say to the parenting is, you know, for every parent, you know, they've got their own personalized approach to parenting, you know, for whatever for whatever reason. Um, but myself, I'm a parent. I've got a seven-year-old and I've got a five-year-old. Mm. And I see in myself what you said, right, you know, taking the good parts of parenting that you experience, but also really pivoting to, to do something better. And, you know, why do parents parent the way they do? And one thing that I found... Because they want their kids to be better than they are. That's yeah. it. And, and Right? 
And one yeah. thing I found whenever maybe they're not parenting, you know, the way that maybe we think that they should, um, sometimes we see parents trapped in this cycle of toxic behavior because they might not know. Um, in our home to stay program, our reunification program, so we work with children who have been removed by DCF, right? Mm. And the caregivers, they're working towards that case plan. And when it's time to be reunified, well, we can come in and just support that family so that child is home to stay. And, you know, we go in and we say, okay, well, what's going on here? You know, how did you find yourself in these circumstances? And a lot of times parents involved in the child welfare system were children involved in the child welfare system Mm. so we have this generational cycle of trauma and sometimes you need help to break that cycle and just kind of going back to your point about parenting one of the best kind of um things that that i've kept in my brain just as i've been parenting my own child when i'm walking into a situation you know maybe they're into mischief or whatever it may be sure um, kids get into mischief all the time people get into mischief (laughs) yeah um am i walking into the situation am i reacting or am I responding? Am I allowing my emotions to be center? Or am I focusing on what do they need right now? Kids don't need you to come in there and say, why did you do this? And why did you do that? They need you to say, tell me what happened. And, you know, how can I help? Because what is my purpose as a parent? You know, not to punish. My purpose is to train little humans to be good humans. And yeah. you get that through teaching them. It sounds like uh, they're in yeah. good hands over at Peace River Center. Oh, yeah. uh, we're speaking uh, with uh, Tiffany Fritchie who is the Director of Children's Services at the Peace River Center. Uh, now, when I said that you've been there for 10 years, uh, did you did you actually think about uh, you've already been there for 10 years? Or is it just like, whew, it's gone by so fast? You know, there were moments when it seemed very long, and those moments were correlated with my graduate studies. <laughs> um, but after that, it really has flown by. I, yeah. I can't believe it. I'm about to do a 10-year anniversary myself of hosting this program, so... Oh, boy. In July. What about you? Did it fly by or did it drag? (laughs) Some days it drags, uh, but other days it just flies by, you know. Uh, Let's take a quick call. Good morning. You're live on Mame the Aim. Who's this? James from Auburndale. Hey, James. I got a question for Tiffany. Okay. Uh, Back in the day, there's the people when they were just getting their kids riddling, just to calm them down when all they needed was the good spanking because it was a strong-willed child. Do you still see that happening today? Now hang up and listen to your response. Thanks, James. Thanks so much for calling. I really appreciate that. I will say um, it's really difficult. You know, everybody is case by case, right? You know, every child is different. And so what is the purpose of medication management, I I think, is the bigger question. Why why are we medicating a child, right? And so um, medication management is not the scary term that people use. Um, It basically is when the symptoms are so great that you're not able to focus on, you know, managing your behavior or your thought process or thinking through or brainstorming because those symptoms are so severe. And so the purpose of medication management is to reduce the symptoms so you can focus on functioning and, you know, better focus on therapy if that is part of your treatment plan. I will say, you know, that every parent has to decide what is the the best discipline approach for their child. Mm. But my question would be, what is the purpose behind what we're doing, right? Is this working for your family? And, you know, are you being responsive? Are you teaching them? What are they learning from this interaction? Um, it's never a good idea, you know, to medicate for the purpose of medicating. Sometimes it's necessary because, you know, those behaviors are not stabilizing with therapy alone. But every kid is different. Yeah. And Tiffany Fritchie is our guest. She's the director of children's services at Peace River Center. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And we like to partner up with Peace River every year. 
uh, to uh, highlight what it is that they do to help out uh, with the mental health of our community. Uh, Tiffany, can people? How do people get a hold of you if they need help uh, with their children? If they have questions uh, or they're looking for help? Absolutely. So there's lots of ways to get a hold of support at Peace River Center. You can always go to our website www.peacerivercenter.org. You can also call our access to care number. Um, you are welcome to um, to ask for me if you have any questions. As the director of children's services, um, I'm always glad to, to reach out to families um, to to provide support. One of my roles, um, actually, in the circuit, I'm the the chair of the Circuit 10 um, Child Abuse um, Prevention and Permanency Task Force. So we focus on what are ways that we can reduce um, the risk of child abuse in the community. I'm also um, the Circuit 10 facilitator for um, the Central Florida Behavioral Health Network's residential process. So when we have kids that they've exhausted all of the community-based services, um, and really residential is the best next you know form of treatment, they, any person in Polk Highlands or Hardy can reach out to me and I can walk them through that process. So lots of ways. Um, but for me specifically, you're welcome to call Peace River Center. Um, I'm glad to give you my extension. It's um, 863-519-0575. That's the main Peace River number. And my extension is 6235. Um, we definitely are able to help um, and able to start those conversations. And if we are not the right fit or the right form of treatment, we will do our very best to connect you and be that bridge to what your child needs. That is fantastic. Uh, Tiffany, Fritchie is her name. She is the Director of Children's Services at Peace River Center. Tiffany, thanks a lot for coming on the program today. We appreciate all that you do. Uh, You have all of these duties and you're raising two children. I don't know how you find the time in in the day to uh, do all of that, but uh, (laughs) it's pretty awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you so much. This program was pre-recorded and may not reflect the most current information available. And joining us now on the program, he is the Sheriff of Polk County. Sheriff Grady Judd is here. Morning, Sheriff. Good morning, Lynn. How are you today? I'm well. Thank you for asking. How about yourself? Well, I can't complain about a thing in the entire world. There you go. That's a good uh, That's a good but, spot to be in. But I thought <laughs> we'd talk about things you can't unsee. Okay. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, do you know... And I know you covered it on your radio broadcast. The three-year-old that died was starved to death. I did. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, Wait, yeah that, that is a sad, well, you know, sad story. You know, that's just a terrible, terrible thing. But you can't unsee that. Mm. But I thought we need to share with the community what you need to do. You know, this child was born at Six pounds, eight ounces. Right. And like from July to January, it gained three pounds, which is not enough. Right. So they put it on a medical improvement plan. Well, it started gaining a little weight, and then they didn't go back to the doctor. And what we found out was from like, January of 20, two and a half years later, the baby gained one ounce from 9.4 pounds to 9.5 pounds. And 9.5 pounds was what this baby was at when it died. Mm. Now think about that. And two months short of three years old. Two months short of three years old. Yeah, sad. This child should have weighed about 32, 33 pounds. Yeah. Should have been running, speaking, starting to speak in sentences. 
you know, yeah. thriving. We, we all know that have children and grandchildren, how babies are at almost three years old. Mm. This baby was 9.5, 9 pounds, 5 ounces, could not stand, could not walk, could not talk, and ultimately died from long-term starvation. It makes me furious. I, I but, just, but what? Mm. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't it. even. I can't even wrap my head around it. I don't. I don't understand so, it. So, my, I, I thought the point of my conversation today is, who else saw this? You know, I mean, who else knew something? Now we finally we have found an uncle that was aware of it, and we've locked his butt up in jail, as we should have. He didn't do anything. But this child was palpably, palpably underweight. And the only way I can explain it, do you remember the old Sally Struthers advertisements when she was raising money for malnourished and dying children? In Africa, right, yes. Yeah, way back in the day. Sure. This, well, those children were at least alive. Yeah. This this child looked worse than anything you saw there. Oof. By by leaps and bounds, mm. the the doctor, the medical examiner, tells us the child has no food in its stomach. It has only trace traces of fecal matter in its intestines. When, as you know, the intestines should be full of fecal matter. Right. And this what. People had to see this. People had to see this child like this. And they kept him when he was at home. His baby bed was an inflatable swimming pool, a plastic inflatable swimming pool. How do you, how do you reckon that works for you? Oh. So uh, at the end of the day, we, we need to coach up everyone. It's beyond our comprehension it can occur. Right. But you have to pay attention, not only look out for your own children and your own family, but if that lady was at the store with a child that looked like that, even if the child was age appropriate for 9.5 pounds, it's abundantly clear that the child is emaciated, is is starving. Right. I mean, you, you can't, you could. So if you see something or hear something, you got to say something mm-hmm. to somebody. I mean, we could have saved that child's life had we known about it. Right. But we didn't. And when we got there, the child was deceased. And there's, there's one more fact about this story to me that uh, adds to the horror of it. When you arrested the mom, she's pregnant. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the good I news just... for... Horrifying. That, the good news for that baby is, you know, the moment, now understand, according to mom, she never had any prenatal care. Okay. So the moment she, she walks into jail, she is now getting prenatal care for, for the infant to be born. Okay. And we will make sure that that infant's taken care of because we're going to do our best to keep mom in jail for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. So someone else will raise that baby, and certainly there's a lot of people out here that would love to have a beautiful baby. So Absolutely. We're going to make sure mom gets the care in jail that she wasn't getting, 
or was it trying to get outside of the jail so that that doesn't repeat itself? Mm. Yeah, I, I just, you know, you, you read these kind of stories, you hear about these kind of stories, and I, I just, I, I still don't, I just don't get it. I, I no, don't, I, I, I don't even look at that child as a parent of that child and not want to comfort them and, and make them feel good. And I, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, you know, that's how messed up the parents are, too. That, as, as, as we say in Polk County vernacular, they ain't just right. No, they ain't. You know, no, because they wouldn't do that. But, you know, I, I brag on our deputies, you know, who I believe are simply the very best. But law enforcement officers all over this nation see that kind of sadness, not that kind of sadness to that extent, because thank God that doesn't happen often. But right. we see sadness with parents that neglect and abuse children. You know, if you work in our unit every week, Every week, not to that extent. I don't want. I want to underscore, but we deal with children that are abused physically and sexually every week, mm. and it's like, come on, people. You know, in this day and age, your baby might not have been born with directions of how to take care of it, but I guarantee it. You have a cell phone, and now you can search up how to take care of infants. From the moment you know you're pregnant until they're adults, and it's all right in your hands on your cell phone. Yeah. But if you need help, say something. Say we'll get something. You help them. Yes. Say, in this day and age, and, and we have a wonderful community. We've got infrastructure at the state level. You know, and in fact, we're all first reporters according to Florida law. It's mandatory that we report. So what, what I like to say is if you see something or hear something, say something. You can dial 911, flag a law enforcement officer down, or simply call the child abuse hotline. Yeah. And if you're afraid, so, so, if you're afraid that you're wrong, it doesn't matter. you got to no, say something just in case. No, no harm, no foul. Right. You know? And you're not, you're not in any trouble by anybody to look out for the best interests of a child. So we all have to look out for not only our own children, but for children in the community. And if you, if you see those that look malnourished, if you see those that look dirty and unkept and unfit and uh, inappropriately clothed, you know, it could be that the child is human, uh, is, is thriving in one sense, but not in another. Well, we can get help. Right. We can we can get help for children, and that and we consider that an honor to be able to search out and find kids that need help, because we don't want them to to physically starve, or emotionally starve, for what they need. Yeah, and I mean, if you're if you're the parent and you're maybe even just a little embarrassed that you can't take care of the kid that the the way that you would like to. There's help. There's organizations yeah. that are that exist just to help you. If you're listening to this radio program today and you don't have the, the, the appropriate food or clothing for your child, if you make a phone call, you'll have the appropriate food or clothing before sundown today. That's right. And probably before lunch. So because 
this is a great community. I love Lakeland and Polk County. I love the infrastructure that we have. We can always mm. use more, but we never let, let a child go without if we know about it. We all work together. The, the sheriff's office, the different police departments work with social services, work with United Way, work with the churches. You know, we'll, we, will, we will wrap our arms around you and help take care of you. And your baby. You just All have, we have to do you is just have to want it. the help. Yeah, you know, right. if you need the help, just ask. It's not. It's not anything to be embarrassed about. You're saving your child's life. Which, and you know, I was. I've been at the sheriff's office my entire adult life. I have never, never, never asked this community, whether it be a church, a small business, a large business. I have never gone to them and said, hey, we've got a need in the community for children that don't have clothes, don't have food. I've never been turned down. They're always gracious to help because, you know, our people are good in this community. Indeed. And I'm proud of them. Well, it's, uh, I hope, uh, you know, the, the next time I see that is never. Uh, but, uh, you yeah, I guess we get lock these people up and keep them from doing the same thing again. Well, we we our goal is to to give them a fair trial, yeah, and due process, and then they go to jail because they murdered this child. Sheriff Grady have, Judd, he is have... the sheriff of Polk County. Sheriff, thanks a lot for uh, checking in with us today. We appreciate all that you do for us, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. And I promise, thank. You time we talk it'll be much happier than this time okay thanks here take care my friend yeah we'll see you and that wraps up this week's edition of the program thank you for tuning in and join us again next week for polk county today